0: Vigor, the scourge of Carpathia, the The sword of Darius, command you. Oh, command me, Lord.
1: On a mountain at Skardas in the castle of Pain, I sat on a throne of blood. What was, will be, what what is, will be no more. Now is the season of me for all. Welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. And I'm David McGuire. And as you guys know, we are just two nerds who are just gonna pretty much bullshit for the next hour. (laughs) Strap in, fuckers, because it's gonna be fun. I think this is the first time we're really going to let profanity just kind of, like, reign free. We didn't really do that the last episode. Necessary
0: profanity, but yes, we're not going to be censored.
1: I am necessary profanity.
0: (laughs) Yay, bang jokes already.
1: (laughs) Okay, so anyway, um, what better way to talk about sequels than to talk about a sequel that's been... Kind of in development for way too long. Far too long. Far too long. In fact, I think it's kind of it's missed its window. You know, um, mm. we're referring to, uh, of course, Ghostbusters three. Yeah, yeah. And um, now, uh, the Guardian just recently ran an article a couple days ago saying that they're now moving
0: forward with the movie without Bill Murray, which has kind of been the topic for the last within this last year or so. That's been the on again, off again relationship for that movie is is he going to be a part of it is he not I mean there were some talks about him being a ghost and then having that be the centric plot of the entire movie um, then he was on Letterman a few months ago and said yeah let's go ahead and do it if the script is good now they're saying he's not going to be in it and that got us nerds on film pondering it did get us pondering first of all let me comment
1: the, I'll do it again if the script is right. Is kind of Hollywood seems like its way of saying no. I really no That's no, no right? exactly. Um, Shut up, fans. Yeah. This,
0: this is what you want to hear. Which I'll is, tell it to you. Which uh,
1: to bring another sequel into this was kind of the reason why indie I think took as long as it did. Oh, we'll no get one to indie. Yeah, indie's
0: we'll, indie's <laughs> on our list. Yeah,
1: so don't worry, guys. For all you nerds who are looking for us to hate on all the unnecessary sequels or love gonna, or, or love
0: give the love that where they were where they but mostly hate mostly
1: hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we we will get there,
0: I promise you. So, um, you were going to say? I was going to say, this question actually came to us from a mutual friend of ours. And she posed the question, you know, Ghostbusters 3, is it a sequel that somebody, that the fans want to see? My personal take, if it's good. That sounds very vague, and I'll explain. I feel like Ghostbusters 3 would be this ultimate nostalgic film for all of us who kind of had a very... um. Great childhood watching those movies. I know as as growing up, I watch those movies a lot. And I will even say I probably watched Ghostbusters 2 more than I did the first one. I enjoyed them because, you know, they're fun. And as you're an adult, they actually get a lot – they're funnier because they're obviously aimed towards more an adult uh, audience. Absolutely. So that being said, you know, can they get lightning in a bottle again? Is that something they can do? I mean do we really want to see – as Bill Murray said, nobody wants to see – you know, three fat white guys go around chasing ghosts. I would, if the script warranted it. I think it's one of those
1: situations where they have to, they have to address the fact that they're older now. And then it becomes the same old archetypal story that we've seen over and over again, which is that them seeking purpose late in life. And we've seen it in other sequels to, uh, weapon Four comes Mm -hmm. to mind, even though that was only done five years after the previous, Hmm. the previous sequel had been done. Um, so yeah, and it just it to me if you're going to make ghostbusters work the cool thing about ghostbusters was it was such a kind of a fresh idea at the time, you know? And this has been 20 no, almost 30 years now that I think about cuz 84 was when the first
0: came when the, was when the first one came out. And the second one came out in 91, uh 89. 89, oh. 89 actually. I see. Yeah, I was one when it came out. Yeah. That's where the one comes from. Um, I was about
1: four. I remember seeing it in theaters, actually. Um, let me go back for a second. The point I'm getting at is that um, because we are we know the movies so well, and they have now become part of kind of like that 80s lexicon of films, where a lot of us, even who grew up in the 90s, grew up watching these films because our parents thought it was cool or their mm-hmm. older brothers thought it was cool. Um, and then, of course, there was the new Ghostbusters, and there's now been recently a Ghostbusters game. Uh The the content isn't new anymore. So, like, what can you do new in that world? A more scary ghost? I mean, they've already done that. They've done gods. They've done uh, a warlord. I mean, like, what can you really do other than like having like the devil or something? And even then, it's
0: so cliche. Which was kind of where the game went because I purchased the game. And as far as a game is concerned, like, I'm not a gamer, I'm the furthest thing from. But that movie puts you right in the middle of of everything that you've ever wanted to do. Like, if you ever wanted to fire off a proton pack, you got your chance. If you ever wanted yeah. to trap a ghost or kill the state puff marshmallow man, yeah. you got your chance. Yeah. And that that's what that game's purpose was. I almost feel like that was the third movie. It gave the audience that chance to be like, hey, we're going to make a third storyline where you right. get to play this unnamed yeah. person. And then you get to kind of, you know, experience everything that they got to experience. Absolutely. And then they ultimately ended up having to, Battle some devilish god at the very end, if I remember correctly. um So that being said, it, I think you pose a really good question. Like, who, who would be the villain that they would fight? Like, Jesus would? Like, could <laughs> they said, could, could, could they set it on Easter? Like, and, like Jesus would be Jesus like the ex- yeah. Thing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're like, we're down and out, guys. What are we gonna do? And all of a sudden, the <laughs> heavens opens up. And then there's others. Oh, and it's s- Jesus with a proton pack.
0: And then there's the more. And then no slime comes Do they him. kill Jesus? Do they trap Jesus? <laughs> oh, dude. Oh. Oh. Accurate, if you're listening, we are your writers.
1: Um, but out, of cur- out of curiosity, I'm sorry. Um, mm? How big of a Ghostbusters fan were you as a kid? Oh, man.
0: Hardcore? I, I, <laughs> I remember I used to watch the movie religiously. And I okay. remember being a kid, like, not really knowing a whole lot about what was going on. Like, I remember I watched the second one a lot because the second one, I have more fresh in my head than I do the first one. Makes sense. And, um, but they were, it was fun. It was a lot of, I I just remember just really enjoying it. And then the first time I really got to enjoy it as an adult was about three years ago. And they did it at, um, they did a midnight showing of it at a local movie theater. And I remember watching it for the first time, like in the theater and like the jokes were funnier. The nostalgia was far more there and I just was just... Was just re, I, it was yeah. almost as if watching it when it first came out because like you're right, recaptured right. by it.
1: Yeah, I, I had a moment like that recently too. It wasn't in a the theater but it was watching the movie just saying, oh my God, this is on. I, I have to watch it. Mm-hmm. And listening at... Speaking of Bill Murray's dialogue, you know, Bankman was just so fucking funny in that movie. Oh. He had the best... He easily had the best lines in that film. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the whole, are you, Carol, menstruating right now? <laughs> What's that got to do with it? Back off, man! I'm a scientist. Like I just love that moment. And
0: that's the thing is like that's a that's a good question, like a f- really like finding question. Like, could the script be that funny again? Right. And the thing is that well, that the, what made that script so funny was Bankman, right? And was
1: Bill Murray. He's probably is a little bit of his own ad libbing too. Mm-hmm. And so you have that. And he, he, we were talking about this just a little bit earlier when we were prepping for the show. Vankman is kind of the driving force of the plot line for both movies, really. When you think about it, mm-hmm. he's
0: what he's the one that convinces Ray after they get uh, expelled from the school as teachers that right. he should, you know, get the money and really kind of research this ghost, this paranormal activity. Absolutely, thing.
1: and it's because of Dana Barrett that she gets in touch with Vankman again, as well as just the Ghostbusters in general. Which but mostly great. to see Vankman again that gets the plot moving for the second movie. So, like, you have to have Dana Barrett involved in the story some in some way, right? And, oh, for the record, just to tell you how hardcore of a Ghostbusters fan I was, my brother and I had both the proton packs, the trap, uh-huh. the slime packs. We made two different uniforms. We had the light uniforms for the for the first film. We had the dark uniforms for the older films. Nice. Sean, if you're out there, I think we're having a little nostalgic moment of our childhood. Um, <laughs> we had the Slimer. We had the Ecto-1 car, the Ecto-2 car. We had the, like the three-story firehouse that had the slide on it.
0: Oh, did you really?
1: Dude we were like it was basically ghostbusters and batman toys that was all we had nice. <laughs> growing, growing up as kids so um like to me this movie speaks is a really really personal you know, uh, thing in my childhood and a part of really a personal part of my childhood
0: and i think i think what the draw of it is that it is so fantastical but it's it really plays into a, a lot of people's you know ideas about oh ghosts are they real but it's just it's just it's a fun take on horror Sure. Without actually being horror, you know? And it's, it's clever. And it's, you as you said, it was a very fresh idea when it first came out and it was original and nothing about them really screamed archetypes, like nothing about their characters while well, they had like, you had like three really intelligent human beings. One was kind of like the, the egotistical narcissistic, you know, um he was uh, the cocky one he was, was, was kind of like the front man really right and then yeah. the other two were like his backup and like you had like the smart guy who was the middleman which was kind of like ray he was like i'm smart but i'm like ha- i'm halfway between bankman and i'm halfway between egon like, <laughs> right like if i go I, I could teeter either way to the left yeah or the right and then you have like the full-blown you know just like that's a big twinkie kind of person and that's egon right fairly sociable very
1: very brilliant he's the one behind all the tech and then you know
0: and then, of course, you throw in the fourth Ghostbuster only because that person's the – he's the conduit for the, for the audience. So that way course, they can explain yeah. everything to him. So you need that. But it's like none of them really – like you see movies now. Like a good example is Cabin in the Woods. For anyone who's seen the movie, like the entire movie, and if I spoil anything, it's coming on a DVD. You should have seen it by now. You know what, Honestly, I think
1: spoilers should just be – we should put a spoiler in front of every episode. I agree. Because we just ruin the fuck out of movies.
0: <laughs> well, the whole, the whole movie is basically a social commentary on, on uh, archetypes in like horror movie genres. You know, you have the jock. You have the pretty girl. You have the virgin. You have the fool. You have the smart guy. And like, you know, there's like these five archetypes that really kind of like set into films mostly. With Ghostbusters, like they're it doesn't if they if they're there they don't feel like they're there they feel like they're genuine guys who and you actually kind of believe like yeah I believe there's a Slimer that Stay puff Marshmallow Man I'm sure that's real yep
1: right as ridiculous as it is you you buy into it because it's, the the characters and the way just, mm-hmm. there's something about the world that makes it work and I think what's really fascinating is that that version of the movie almost didn't happen the original concept <laughs> that Ackroyd had was that uh, they were in space. They were catching ghosts in space. No, sh- I'm not shitting Shut you. Shut up. This is serious. And it was Ivan Reitman who's like, well, what if we made it more interesting if they were looking for them in New York? And um, he, he kind of like reined it in a little bit because if they would have done like space ghosts, it would have been like.
0: <laughs> that would have been like the worst 80s movie of the year. <laughs>
1: right. Can you imagine that pitching conversation? <laughs> He's like, I have got the movie for you. Are you ready for us? I am. We've got three guys. Okay. And they're catching ghosts. Okay, I love it. I right, love it right. Let's, uh, I'm going to take it one more level. You ready for this? Okay. They're in space.
0: Ooh. Uh, get out. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: um... Yes, yeah, it's, it's... That's really... Let's well, thankfully thankful that it's not that, and hopefully that's not what they do with with either the third movie. <laughs> Ghostbusters. You, just, in space. you <laughs> see,
0: Abril going like, "Look, Ivan, we can finally do the space thing. The technology around us lends to it." <laughs> oh. Or even
1: worse, it's like 200 years in the future, and they like, they come across
0: holograms of Ray and Egon, <laughs> uh, and they're like, "We buried a time machine. You have to go back to 1984 and stop us from being Ghostbusters." <laughs> Like Ghostbusters, twenty one eighty four, or whatever. yeah, maybe they take like uh, the Back of the Future approach, like they they create an alternate timeline and now they have to go back and that would be cool.
1: That actually might be interesting, but that's very Abrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's who needs to do it.
1: Yeah. Like JJ <laughs> Abrams. You know, don't do
0: me wrong. I love Ivan Reitman, but fuck it. Like so you, Abrams on it. So he. you're
1: thinking reboot instead of instead of
0: well, sequel. No. See, think, here's the thing. I think there's certain movies that shouldn't be rebooted.
1: No, in fact, and
0: I know I'm eating words because I think one of those was Batman, but I think. Not to go off a of no-tangent, but like Batman was like, hey, Keaton, that's great. It's fantastic. It's it's really gothic, very dark, very Tim Burton, wonderful. And then we got into Schumacher, and then you're like, uh. Oh, it wouldn't be terrible if somebody had a better idea. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, there's certain movies that I think they should like Ghostbusters, I feel like they shouldn't reboot. There's um there's so a whole bunch of other movies that have been like re- that are in the process of being rebooted where I'm right. just like, ah, why are you touching that? Yeah. And
1: there was a bunch of sequels that really were just not, they were they were very oh, post-mature. Yeah. Like, like they, they really did, like they were they were really unnecessary. Exactly. And you can clearly tell that Hollywood was doing it because they wanted to make more money. They wanted
0: to suck the they wanted to milk the cash cow dry. Or somebody thought, I really have a story here, and I really want to explore that. And the only time that I've seen that happen. And you and I were just discussing this, and now, for whatever reason, I can't remember. We came up with one that was an actual warranted sequel that was good. It'll come to us. It's
1: going to come to us eventually. Um, oh, no, Rocky
0: Balboa. Is Rocky Balboa. The Rocky last Balboa. Rocky movie. Because, And to be
1: honest, like that was because, really, still needed need to redeem himself, because Rocky V was the cop Yeah, cop-out. he shit
0: all over the bed when he did Rocky V. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I haven't seen Rocky V, but like someone was like, yeah, um, he doesn't really fight. And then I'm like, wait, but... It's Rocky. He
1: has one fight in the
0: end. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's, in the, it's really it's a family drama. Yeah, but it's
1: Rocky, and like he he like even half the
0: movie he has to be running and like up and down stairs during the winter time. Yeah, and that, I believe
1: he recently admitted in an interview recently that Rocky V was pretty much about greed. Like it was purely, pretty much he did it purely for the money. Uh, but Balboa was done. really, yeah. was back. Went back to his roots. It was because of the storytelling. Yeah. He wanted to, to really that
0: one. I felt like that was a great. It wasn't only a great like boxing movie. Because there have been some really good boxing movies, but that one was really good to see somebody try his best to do a comeback. But it, it was right. just the whole move like the whole theme of redemption, totally, whatever. He's in, like, strikes a chord yeah. with me.
1: It, there was a really strong theme and through line in that storyline, uh, and um, you know, and it was also really the right way, I think, of wrapping up. You know, and the, but to be really clear here, Rocky Balboa is the exception to the rule. Right. Usually, when when there's a movie that's been at least ten years out of between sequels, it is totally, usually it's no, it's just like, ah, uh, I totally see why this was, was made. Right. It was right. just to see if the cash cow was still Yeah, because I mean, you and I started talking about, like we mentioned Indie 4 before. Indie 4 was like, it was almost 20, it was 19 years between
0: Indiana Jones 3 and Indiana Jones 4. And I remember when that movie started like showing promos for it and I got really excited because, did, yeah. because again, it's that nostalgic feeling, but at the same time, it's like you want to see what happened to that character. Like, at the end of the third one, he rides off into the sunset with his dad and everybody else, and he had beaten the, the Nazis for, like, the 18th time, <laughs> single-handedly, like, move over, Captain America. He's on, like, two steps away from punching Hitler, That'd right? be a movie I would see. Watching Indian <laughs> Captain America.
1: That'd be freaking <laughs> <That'd be laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, then it's like, they were like, well, indie 4 is coming out, and it's just sort of like, okay, great. What's this going to be like? And I remember distinctly sitting in the theater, and then there's that first, like, opening, like, scene with him. And like yeah. how they revealed him is pretty cool. I thought that was really, was really cool. The whole like shadow and he puts the hat on you're like, ah, it's a silhouette. And then that's where it stopped being good. <laughs> Keep in mind this is two <laughs> minutes into the movie. It's just like <laughs> five minutes into the film and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then it just got really weird because like he – it was one of those movies where it kind of like winked and nodded at the, at the audience. Where it was like, hey, guess where we're at. We're at that place. Where the arc is. Remember at the end of the first one? Wink, wink. And it's just sort of like, we yeah, we get it. We don't need you to... Yeah. We watched that movie already. Yeah. And then as the movie progresses, it's just sort of like this really... It, like The whole movie was just obviously them trying to perpetuate a story.
1: It's true. Now, the plot line of the movie is very weak, but I will say this. Spielberg is not uh, an idiot. And there was elements of that movie that actually I liked a lot. None of it was the story. The story is actually very, very weak. But what I did like about it... Was that you mentioned
0: Shia LaBeouf? I am going to end this. I am
1: not mentioning Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) However, I will mention that that movie was designed while the the original movies were designed to reflect the social attitudes and the social pop culture of the 30s and 40s. Yeah, that movie was very clearly very representative of the 50s. 50s. Yeah, in every sense of the word, with with Mutt Williams being like the Marlon Brando look-alike from Mm -hmm. uh, you know the the Hell's Angels kind of look. Right. You know, you also have the whole. Paranoia about aliens, the whole paranoia about communism, right? The whole idea of science fiction and and like you know ESP with the whole you know uh, character of uh, a doctor, right? right exactly, the, and the whole weird mind reading scene where they yeah. used the skull to transmit that. A lot of those things were like, oh, okay, this is literally like this is his take on be science fiction. B movie science fiction. Hasn't the 1950s. hasn't done that like
0: with every movie Spielberg's done. I mean, don't get me wrong. And I know this is probably he never with a the tangent. 1950s though. Like he's done it with with okay. different styles. Okay, I'll give you that because I was going to okay. say like Close Encounters, which is a phenomenal movie. Sure, I see what you're saying. It was a very um, very large representation of the 50s, much like the other films were of of its time period. It was it was splattered with 50s. Yeah.
1: He did that yeah. part at least well. He did
0: that part at least well. well. The story, I remember watching it and like at the very end, and like, you know, the, the climax had happened. They killed off Cape Blanchett. They're trying to escape from this place that's like caving in on itself. And I remember looking over at the girlfriend I had at the time and I was like, if a flying saucer pops up out of the ground, I'm going to be so pissed. And literally, <laughs> as I said that, it just, whoo, and I just remember being like, I'm done. I'm no.
1: pretty sure we were in the theater then. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I literally, I think I literally saw your head shake and like you put
0: your, hand <laughs> your, your head in your hand, and you're just like. I was like, what are you doing? And I mean, and that's, that's one really big example of a, of a sequel that probably, I mean, like, did it really change the story of Indy? No, like it never really perpetuated the, like it never moved him along It never gave him more depth. I mean, it gave him a son. Okay. And then it showed that he at some point got back together with Marion and and they had some relationship and so on. But like the character of Indy never evolved. Like then the third film. Of that trilogy, the original trilogy of Indy, that third film was all about him trying to get his father to accept him. Right. And to, to gain his father's, you know, approval and all that, which right. is something, which is a thing that everybody's gone through.
1: Right, exactly. Absolutely.
0: Everyone's been like that. Like, I want my parents to like me. Sure. And that whole thing was about him, was right. about him trying to do that. And then this movie was like, it was just... What was it? Like, what was his theme? I felt like it was like an epilogue.
1: It was like, hey, I'm sure you're all wondering what happened to these characters. Well, here's what happened. Oh, I'm going to throw in a little plot, too, while, while we're at it. <laughs> you know?
0: Um, it's like, if you've ever read The Princess Bride, there. are um, like, if you actually read the book, like, the book is brilliant. But there's an epilogue that happens with... Um, it's called Buttercup's Daughter, right? Buttercup's Daughter. And it right. Is, it, it has And it has Antonio Montana in it. Or, right, no, no Inigo Montoya. Inigo Montoya. Ooh, boy, people are going to get pissed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he just totally, but like, just totally mixed metaphors. But, but the thing is, is like that epilogue, I remember I, I only got halfway through it because I was just very yeah. just like, oh, this is not good. This well, for the record, it's a
1: sample chapter. And that's all. And that's. <laughs> yeah. William Goldman wrote that intentionally, never with the intention of completing oh, yeah, it. yeah, of
0: course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But even that, I was just like. Mm, it was just, like it was like a where are they now? I'm like, just yeah. stick with the book that you did like this. This is okay.
1: Exactly. Leave and, the book
0: where it is. And
1: it's actually very hard to find that book with the sample chapter
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, anymore. I think they just recently did one. It was the 25th anniversary. Yeah, that's what I bought. Um,
0: yeah. One um, along with Indie Four, <clears throat> and of course, I think um, what we should probably do is um, is uh, we should we should uh, possibly even maybe do like a, a little form because I want to hear what you guys think because we're going to name off a couple here that we do that we do and do not like. And yeah. we would lo- we want to hear your guys' see about because okay. I think this is a hot topic. So and
1: I think the way we're going to do this is probably through Twitter, right? We're gonna Ooh, we'll, Twitter it. Yeah, yes. we will Twitter on Nerdonomy, and you guys can tweet the crap out of it and give us your yes. comments. and we will share. We just we're totally coming up with this episode right now. We will share your tweets on the next episode.
0: Yes, we will. Ugh. fantastic! Okay, All right, so we touched in D four. Let's go into the holiest of trilogies. Not Star Wars. <laughs> Cause don't get me wrong. Like I could go on we could go on for days about the prequels and but then again, those don't really qualify in the idea of like a, of a sequel because A, they come before the actual storyline and B, they were already kind of they were they were seedlings in his head well, prior well, to well, 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 That's another thing. So you're talking about Star Wars. I was talking, yeah, but talking about I wasn't gonna go there. I was okay, just saying like I don't think it qualifies to what we're talking are about.
1: Are you right talking now. about what I feel like are the twins and the bastard stepchild? Oh yeah, you're talking about episodes one and two and three.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, No, actually, I was thinking of the Godfather
0: saga. Oh, yeah. Is that what you're thinking of? Yes, I was thinking. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because don't get me. My mom, huge Godfather fan. She got me into the Godfather. Godfather one and two, amazing movies. And there's actually a, a movie called the Godfather Saga that shows you episode Godfather one and two in chronological order, all mashed together. So you get to see Don Corleone as a kid escaping Italy and then like making his rise to the New York streets and little Italy and then ultimately becoming Don and then having Michael and the Michaels rise to power and his thing. And then that movie Godfather two opened in 1974. That, that was when it got premiered 1990. They made Godfather three, right? Which is not as bad as Indy, but it is still unnecessary absolutely <laughs> absolutely I mean yeah. some might disagree and say well no it does tie up loose ends okay yeah, yeah sure it does
1: well to be fair we have this I think we have this this whole like mindset within just storytelling in general that things need to happen in threes you know like
0: well it's because I think it's the old rule of right? like comedy everything happens in three. everything happens right? in three.
1: but not only that going back to the Greeks everything was about the trilogy yeah you know you have act one, you basically have a three act structure, but you do it in with three smaller stories, right. right? And you, and you bridge them all together and you feel, I will admit, even with the movies where there's only been two films and they're both been really good movies, mm-hmm. I still kind of feel like
0: there should be a third one, but there's no way they can really make it work. We want to see the story continue, but we're not sure exactly how we want to see it continue. We just had so much fun the first couple of times you know, i.e., you know, Indiana Jones 1, 2, and 3, that, like, we as a collective group said, you know what, no one would be a great, like, movie to go see again would be Indy 4. Or in this, you know, catalyst of the story would be, you know, Ghostbusters 3. You know, we're, 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 we're hinging on this whole idea of, like, what's happening next? You know, how have these characters progressed? And more times than not, we're stuck with a movie where the characters are still the same. There's not much growth to them, you know, since the last time we saw them, nor is there much growth to them within the film, and we're ending up with just like this half-assed story where they do or do not do something that's entertaining. Yeah, and I think that's our problem is that like we we make these unnecessary sequels because a greed. Like I mean, and also the fact that you know I think everyone's kind of seeing Hollywood is really out of ideas. Yeah, I mean they, I mean they're they're finally just now getting around to Jack Kerouac. Like they are finally making a Jack Kerouac novel into a film. Now I've not really read a whole lot of Jack Kerouac. I understand his. I I understand how great of a writer he is, and everybody's in love with that man. But they've gone so far into the bucket that now they're pulling out like classics that probably shouldn't even be movies. That just like that just need to stay on the page because sometimes stories are better left to the reader's imagination and not to somebody's interpretation of it. Right.
1: Um, the movie I actually was just thinking of was actually the, the, the most recent Sherlock Holmes movies because if you've seen Ooh, yeah. the game, a Game of Shadows, without going into too much detail, because I don't like spoiling that too much, it leaves it very hard. I mean, even though it leaves it open ended, it leaves it very hard for there to be a, 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 another story that's similar to the others. And Sherlock Holmes, of course, is an ongoing series, so they could technically keep going ad infinitum with yeah. with the stories. Um, they made that kind of difficult. It's kind of now a duology, and uh, duology,
0: to me, always feels incomplete. It really just does. Right. And it, and without giving too much away, they more, if they were to do a third film, they would need to do a really good job explaining how they got out of the last ending. Right. Because, and how
1: does that one tie into the other two? Because, like, they did the good job with, with I think, the, with tying the first one and second one together, but make Yeah, still-
0: Rachel McAdams was the, was the nice, like, Continuity um, line between the Irene Adler the for those yeah. who are Sherlock Holmes fans out there. Right, um, spoiler: she dies in the second one.
1: Yeah, that's uh, not really a spoiler though, because she dies within like the first ten minutes of the movie. I think the if any plot point that takes place within like the first fifteen minutes of the movie not should not be considered a spoiler. Donut, yeah, none whatsoever. <laughs> um, last fifteen minutes of the movie, absolutely, because that's the ending. Right. Right. Uh, like Bruce Willis finding out about him in the Sixth Sense. Total spoiler. Where's
0: that sequel? <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> the Seventh Sense. Have right.
0: <laughs> the kid come back and he's like, um, excuse me, Mr. Crow, I'm now contracted by the police to solve murders. There you go.
1: <laughs> Elijah Osman. Uh, he's like 20 something right now He's so, yeah, he said he actually could probably do, do he that could him. you're right. just make yeah. him like just, that would be another unnecessary sequel that's like there ten there over See, two.
0: this is what we could do is we could sit here and just i bet you 10 10 things that we can come up on our own <laughs> are likely to become sequels at some point in 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 hollywood chronology right so six cents two six cents two electric totally <laughs> totally
1: unnecessary um forrest gump we should never have it. Okay. Though there is actually a timeout. Okay. There was a sequel planned. There was, And there actually was a sequel novel, too, to mm-hmm. Horace Gump. That was a novel? Yeah, it was based off of a novel, dude.
0: Oh. I just thought it was just a really long script. I didn't realize it was a novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a novel. Well, there was a sequel based that was planned yeah. that they wanted to do. And I remember reading that Robert Zemeckis wanted to make the movie and that I think he got Tom Hanks to do it. Um, and then as the script kept writing it, they finally realized that they called this movie called Castaway. Um, which was about the same length of the original Forrest Gump movie. <laughs> it's just as long, and it has Tom Hanks in it all the time. But in all seriousness, I do believe that uh, there was talks of actually doing another Forrest Gump movie. And I think that got x after 9-11. Oh, okay. Much like there was supposed to be an, a, a second True Lies movie. Now, for anyone that knows or remembers True Lies... That was the nice l- early 90s action movie starring Tom Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, Tom uh, Arnold and Arnold Schwarzenegger are CIA spy operatives. Of course, we're talking about True Lies, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and right. they were supposed to be a sequel, but they didn't do it because of, uh, of 9-11. They didn't do because of 9-11. And also, by that point,
1: that would have been six years. and It was enough of a space where, like, okay, you might be able to, like, catch up and figure out where our –
0: I think, I think sequels have to right. have like a time limit. Like, There's an expiration date. Like if you're going to do a sequel, you need to do... Otherwise, I think you're doing a reboot. right? Like you need to do it within like five-year span. Otherwise, you're doing a reboot of the series. Yeah. Because you've had too much time go on.
1: Like, Unless, of course, the story really does justify a long period of time uh, in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really think of one where it's really been justified. But I think it's fair to say that you know, if you can justify it within the realms of the story need to take the character years later. Um you know I'll use an example of um the Ripley movies because there's two Ripley movies. There was the, the Talented Mr Ripley and then there was Ripley's Game. And most people don't know about Ripley's Game. That was a very quiet sequel where John Malkovich was was Mr Ripley. And and it was years later when he was when he had already like had I, I'm dead serious. Shut man. up. Really? I'm dead serious. Yeah. And those were two again novel adaptations where the Ripley character was just it was just his story later on. Or even no. You know, I'll give you an example, we'll use um the Jack Ryan stories. You have Hunt for October, where he's in his prime, and then you have the clear and present danger and the Patriot. The Harrison Ford versions. Which is him as an older character. Mm-hmm. So those are justified. Those, those are justified. Were also that far that apart in time either, because those were like maybe maybe seven years apart.
0: But I think like like we said before, like lethal weapon four, right? That took place five years or so after the third one. I think that isn't a respectable time to say, okay, look, here's the epilogue you guys have been wanting. It's the same thing. It's, you know, Danny Glover, Mel Gibson getting into the same stuff. <laughs> We've somehow managed to blow up their house this time because in every single Lethal Weapon movie, something bad happens to Murtaugh's house. I mean, the most like they finally were just like, fuck it, we're just gonna burn it down this time. Like there's just no coming back to this. And then at some point they're gonna have to say, I'm getting too old for this shit. And then they just move on, and then they kill the bad guy.
1: Okay, so actually, I I, I misspoke. Uh, so they really weren't that far apart. Uh, Humphrey October was 1990, Patriot Games was ninety two, and Clear in Danger was 1994. So they really were only a couple of years apart. For both weren't there
0: days. three Harrison Ford Jack Ryan's? No, there were
1: supposed to be. Um, I think, and then actually, well, there's also the Summer of All Fears, but that was uh, eight years later. That, and was that was an abomination. That was Ben yeah. Affleck and...
0: Right. Again, right. another
1: another novel that was done for the Tom Clancy stories that was meant See, to be now adapted. Now they're rebooting that. Yeah. And that was actually meant to be done by Philip Noyce who directed all the, the, the previous three movies but oh. he turned it
0: down and that's probably why it wasn't as good as the other ones. Oh. See, that's a problem. Your former yeah. director turns it down. Oh, here's a good idea. Here's a good example of like something that is a bunch of sequels. i John
1: McTiernan did. did, uh, did um,
0: the James I, totally Bond series. series
1: yeah.
0: yeah. The James Bond series. <clears throat> and... This is a side note, but a friend of mine was telling me, and he came up with a really good theory. He said, what if James Bond is not the same person each time? What if James Bond is kind of like Batman, where James Bond is the symbol for that type of character? He's the one that works for the MI6. He's the one that's the 007. So if you're a 007, your code name is James Bond, which is why they can probably justify – so it's like an alias you get. He's an alias that he gets gotcha. for, for being all these different characters. Which which again the whole point of that was that you know he is a justifiable uh, sequel thing. I mean, think about it, you know, Skyfall's coming out in November. Right. This thing's been going on for 50 years. Yeah, it's You know, yeah. and it's just been sequel after sequel after sequel of just Adventures of James Bond. Granted they're all based off of novels up until Goldeneye. That was, like, the last actual, like, Ian Fleming novel.
1: Uh, well, Casino Royale was as well, but that was, but that was never actually adapted prior. Like that Right. Was, yeah. It was one of the ones that didn't go down <laughs> adapt. Yeah. Pretty much everything else has been uh, a creation, exactly. And, you know, there's something to be said about that. I mean, that's, that's kind of the really, really weird anomaly because you've never seen a movie. We've never had a film series that spawned 22 sequels uh, to it. Um, but this, like, the characters is so popular, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's really is kind of a, a rare exception. I feel like, um, you wouldn't, I don't think you would ever get that with any of the other characters. They're, they're I think they're trying to start doing it with, with Jason Bourne. Uh, yeah, they're, yeah.
0: they're like, well, if we can't get Matt Damon, we'll just create a new yeah. character. Well, again,
1: that's has again, based on the Bourne legacy, which was actually
0: adapted after Robert Lundlum's death. You know, mm-hmm. It was taken on afterwards. Um, I also feel like Jeremy Retner is like the go-to guy for reboots of series. (laughs) Like if you think about it, like he he was the new guy in Mission Impossible. Yeah. So when Tom Cruise gets tired of doing that, they'll have Jeremy Retner kind of take over as the new IMF agent. He now has the Bourne series in his back pocket. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if someone came to him and said, look, we want to do a a Batman movie. Um, You're going to play both, Bruce Wayne and Batman. Congratulations. Right? Interesting choice. Think about that one. Well, Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same
1: person. So I know. Like, Think about it. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure I'm following, but it's like, isn't that what all the actors have done? Would <laughs> <You're playing. laughs> it be great if somebody was just like, um, so we want you to play Batman. Oh, great, dude. I've had this idea for a great Bruce Wayne. No, no, we're actually not going to let you play Bruce Wayne. We found somebody else.
1: Okay, Ooh. Okay. so I've, I've come up with a couple more uh, unnecessary sequels. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay, so you ready for this? Oh, goody. Um, we've got... <laughs> did you really just type an unnecessary sequel to Google? I did, I did type in oh unnecessary my God. sequels to Google. So, Caddyshack 2, I would say would be... Totally again, Sands Murray. Right, and uh, a lot of the characters. Um, Teen Wolf had a sequel, which was actually not that far out after the original. But again, yeah, just in the realm of unnecessary... Right, did we really need to see
0: another guy turn into a werewolf? Here's a good one. The next Karate Kid. Oh. With Hilary Swank. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a horrible... You know what, though? It did show that you could kick ass, which yeah. was... But it was also, like, laced in just, like, early 90s just everything. Like it, was like, it was like the 90s shit out that movie. It was just like, all right, there we go, here we go. Right, one I think I've actually another one that was was decent was uh, the um, Wall Street sequel. Oh the the money never sleeps. Money never sleeps. Yeah, that was one. See that one. That I never one, saw one, it.
1: That one was justified because that one was Albert picked Stone wanted reflect the current economic status. Right, and it picked up where it left off, and Gordon Gordon, Gordon Gecko, Gecko out of jail. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm just. Pulling up a bunch of different...
0: And, uh, oh, here's another one. Uh, Transformers 2. <laughs> In no, fact, really. Transformers 2 and 3. Here's my beef. The first one, fun. Exciting. Michael Bay. Things are blowing up. You're enjoying it. You're eating your popcorn. Oh, well, here's another one. Huh. Psycho 2. Oh, yeah. Why yeah. would you make a sequel like 20 to 20 years after. And isn't it like... It's not... Uh, the sequel to that is that he's... Um, it's like he's doing it again, but like he's brought back his mom or... They made like four of those,
1: right? They, they, four they sequ- did.
0: and one of them was written and directed by, um, yeah, it's, by uh, the guy who played Norman Bates.
1: Yeah the, um, yeah the the plot line is that Norman Bates is um, he is recovered, he has gotten out of whatever mental institution, and then he's being haunted by the voice of his mother, and really it's just his psychosis coming back. I believe um, I have not seen all the movie. I saw like five minutes of it when Dennis Franz, when he was still yet to be discovered, gets offed by the Bates Mother character again. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't see the face because I think they're thinking the why like, oh, they'll never guess. They'll never
0: guess. And it's, like, <laughs> it's never face uh, again. You know what? That movie really holds up to I mean for cause and here's why the movie worked. And this is why movies need this is what movies need to go back to. Give us a really good sense of misdirection. Right? The beginning of that movie, you think it's a caper film. You think that she's gonna steal money from her boss. And then within the blink of an eye, it turns into this really, really trippy, disturbing horror film with this guy that murders. And then it's all about where did she go? How did Janet Lee die, et cetera. That's right. what we need more. We need, good, we need magicians that are writers. So we need to go to the Magicians Council and start teaching them how to write.
1: <laughs> exactly. No, you, I, I agree that you've really got to – that's just good storytelling in general is you think it's one thing. And it ends up being another. It's what M. Night Shyamalan
0: tries to do with his movies. He did once. He struck gold once. He kinda sorta did it again with Unbreakable. And for that I give him credit because that film. I think I think you can actually even qualify M. Night Shyamalan movies as sequels because they're sequels to his twists. He tries to one-up himself every time with these twists. Like, Unbreakable, there wasn't really a twist. You just find out, right, that, you know, Sam Jackson is the antithesis of Bruce Willis. He's he's Mr. Glass. And, right. you know, he's he's flawed in that way. Um, and then then you watch The Village. And then The Village, he tries to one-up himself. And then the big twist was that it was all fake. And it just seems like every time he thinks, like, oh, my God, you know what? You know what, guys? Listen to me. Okay, listen. This story, I have the greatest idea. It's set in Puritan times. Okay, okay. You like where this is going? All right. There's a beast out into the woods. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. The twist. Here's the twist. It's all fake. It's an experiment. Get the fuck out. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I think you could, and someone might like Twitter and say, shut the fuck up, David. (laughs) But, like, you could really kind of, like, say that, like, all of his movies are, like, sequels upon them themselves. Of like, ah, I'm going to try to do something better and something <laughs> yeah, bigger. he tries to add to himself. Another unnecessary
1: sequel, um, I would believe, would be Rush Hour uh, oh. 3. Rush Hour 3 was six years after Rush Hour 2. So that kind of falls into the fight. Falls You're into right? that
0: fight. Here's the thing. Rush Hour 1, um, fun. It was, it, was, it was frivolous. It was a Jackie Chan film. Exactly. Why did you need two of why'd you need a second one second of all right and and, and, and then third of all why do you need a third one like they're like hey guess what and here's why fucking brett ratner <laughs> fuck that guy <laughs> that guy with his like load of crap homophobic mentality and and like cannot do a story to save his life him and mcg need to go off into an island and just die <laughs> i'm sorry like it's just, those guys, they're just like... I think this is, this is, that's really, like, this is very intense. I don't
1: think I've ever heard you say these words I, It's before.
0: just, it's just like, you call yourself a like, director, like, directors, like, I'll give M. Night Shyamalan, like, credit, because, like, he tries. Fails miserably, but he tries. Cinematography on all of his movies, fantastic. Like, he knows how to work a camera, he knows how to pull things out of actors, even though Mark Wahlberg looked like he was a giant stick just walking around, like, it worked. Mick G and Brett Ratner, they're just like, hey, we're just going to make things bright and colorful and we're going to have pretty girls dancing around and everybody's going to like it. It's just like, fuck you.
1: Yeah, it's basically they're like lower – they're like lower level
0: Michael Bay's basically. <laughs> Even Michael Bay is like pissing on them going like, you guys can't reach this status. <laughs> so you guys can make Armageddon. You guys got nothing on me. Um. Well, I think that's
1: kind of actually like a good place for us to think to start to wrap things up because, like, I, I don't know if we have, I have anything else. I think we could go on for sure. for hours. We could yeah, we could just go on and I just it would just it, there would be no end. So we pose this
0: question out to you and to the Twitter sphere: Ghostbusters three, necessary or not? Tell us your tell us your idea of 140 character.
1: Absolutely. And if there was any errors that you heard in tonight's episode, please let us know. We are nerds on film, not experts on film. Damn. Skip. Yes. Thank you for listening to us. You can follow us on Twitter at Nerdonomy and on our website at Nerdonomy.com. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm David McGuire. And we'll and see you
0: at the Snack Shack as we get fat.
1: Absolutely. Bye. Good night, guys. <laughs>